Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. We're talking to Tim Hosman today. Uh, I've known Tim forever, uh, for at least 30 years, 35 years. And he's a professional composer, musician, a longtime musician, and has done jingles, commercials, TV, film, soundtracks, short films. I mean, you could probably add another two or three to that as well. Welcome, Tim, to the podcast. Thanks, Craig. I'm uh, real flattered to be here with you. Uh, we go way back, way yes, back. We, yes, we do. We, back, we go back uh, to the days of tape, of quarter-inch tape or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. I remember my first job uh, with you. I, I had just gotten out of uh, music school, at Dick Groves Music School, and I didn't actually own any equipment yet. And a friend of mine had... Uh, those DX7 synths, so you could get them in the rack, and he had like seven racks full okay. of them. And I, I, I took my little budget, went over to his place, and, and took these ideas, uh, and th that was my first job for you. It might have been my first composing job, actually. Wow. Is it possible that I am, or the project that I had, which was Unreached People, or whatever it was, I think it was that, was the first job, professional job you did? Well, I... I uh, scoring. I think it might have been one of my first scoring jobs. I had done a few jingles and I was, I was mostly thinking I was going to be a songwriter and that's what was my obsession. But I was just trying to pay the bills, you know. Sure. Weren't, weren't, weren't we all? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of the great privileges that I had uh, in, this, in the 80s is the best documentary series on evangelism and uh, also, oh gosh, what would you say, cultures and religions that nobody ever saw. Uh, it was like, it's, I, I, I spent four years of my life traveling the world doing these, this great project, and it, it went through all these political changes at a big uh, church denomination in the Midwest, and each guy uh, just sort of handed it off to the next guy and it never got shown. But I will tell you, it was my master's degree on how to shoot across the world. And the great luxury, the great riches, the great privilege, uh, and I, I'm smiling as I say those words, is that a, a couple of great friends, uh, Jimmy Hodson and Scott Rummel, uh, recommended uh, Tim to me as a composer. And I thought, I think I've got enough in the budget to have, I don't have to go find licensed music that I pick. Um, Tim could possibly do uh, virtually every soundtrack, every sound bed for this. And, and Tim, you did almost every one of them, except for one on, on Islam, where there was some Islam music that, that was available, just a few cuts and all that. You did all of it. You did 13 episodes. You may not even know that you um, did 13 episodes, but you did. Well, it was so fun. And what was great about those shows is they were so, they, they had such a strong point of view, you know, like India. So the music, you know, it wasn't like I was just sitting twiddling my thumbs thinking how, with the piano and some strings, how can I, you know, score this? Cause it was all, 
very, uh, you know, it really called for world music. And right. so it, it was so fun. And that was right when sample libraries were just kind of starting to get on their legs. And I had another good friend who had a studio with, who had all these great sounds and it was great. It was really a fun thing to score. You were, you were sort of into world music before a lot of people were, were, were into world music. Yeah, I guess following Peter Gabriel, he was kind of leading the charge back at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to all the directors and filmmakers, editors across the world that we're talking to right now, even, um, you know, faith-based, whatever it might be. And, and really, we're not talking faith-based as much as we're talking about really good sound scoring. I don't care what the content is. I, I do care what the content is. But good music will always enhance and uh, inspire the pictures uh, that are up on the screen. So here, this is how it would work with, with uh, Tim and I. Well, we'll go over this for just a minute, then we'll move on to the professional side of, of uh, Tim's career from, from here and from there. What would happen is Tim would call me up and he would say, uh, hey, where are you going next? And I'd say, okay, okay, I'm going to India or I'm going to Africa, what part of Africa? And we'd have a conversation for five, 10 minutes. And now when I was off to go shoot those projects as a director with my cameraman, um, he would listen, Tim, would, Tim, you would listen to music and themes from the regions that uh, our team, our crew were, were going to, was going to. Yeah. And you started to get some inspiration from that, wouldn't you? Well, and it was hard back then because that was before the internet, you know, but I, we were in L.A., you were in Duarte, right? Yeah, I was back then. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. But uh, I lived in, near the Glendale Brand Library, and the Brand Library. Back, I don't know if it's still even uh, this way, but back then they had this huge room filled with albums and CDs. And so uh, I went there on probably a weekly basis doing research because uh, there was no other way. You know, you just have you'd, it was that or Tower Records. You know. Yeah. So it was kind of hard to it was kind of hard to research, you know, uh, you know, Southern African music like without buying a bunch of records mm -hmm. or going to libraries. So, right. Yeah. It'd be so it be it would be so much easier now, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, piece of cake in so many ways. Yeah. Talking to professional uh, composer Tim Hossman and a great conversation. We'll be back in 32 seconds. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. So what would happen is, uh, to all those that are listening in on the podcast across the world, literally, uh, Tim, we, we have about 20 countries that listen to this podcast. Right on. Uh, I'd be happy if Cleveland, if Cleveland liked, <laughs> liked our stuff. And I love Cleveland. Why not? But, uh, we, we, uh, we actually have a, a group in Chiang Mai, Thailand that are listening. And I thought, how did those people ever found? But you know what? Hello, Chiang Mai, Thailand. It's almost, it's almost like hello or uh, hello, Vietnam. Yeah. So, so in, in all of that, what would happen is I would come back uh, and I would – uh, I would put together a rough cut. I would do it myself almost every single time I would do a rough cut 
because I wanted to save money for the client. And also I wanted to go into a very expensive editing suite and they were uh, at Sunset Post in Glendale, California. Back then, that's where I went on a lot of times, not every time, but most every time. And I come in prepared. But what I would do is I would send a VHS with time code, which is the time <laughs> code of, you know, we start at zero, zero, and we go all the way through. Tim, listen, I'm talking to Tim. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I would send him a VHS. He probably, probably has those somewhere. And there might be relics or uh, collector's items at some point. And it, but for anyone listening as a director or as an editor, whatever your position is, even a producer or sound, or, um, sound uh, post-production uh, sound or post-production uh, supervisor, which I've, I've done that as well, he would watch the different uh, segments of the rough cut. And the rough cut was within one or two seconds of exactly what we were going to edit in the final. And mm -hmm. he would, you, Tim, would put together themes based on well, my suggestions and also mostly your suggestions about, I think we need something for here. And then you would call me and everyone that wants to know about analog back then, he would literally say, I have something for you. And he would, uh, I said, okay. And he would put the phone down, the <laughs> phone down, and he would play it in his studio uh, for me. And I would listen on the phone. Can you believe how archaic this is? But so, you know what? It worked. Yeah. I guess you had to have really clear ideas back then. Couldn't, yeah. be, couldn't be too subtle. <laughs> no, no, no. And the, and, and the only other thing we're going to move on from here on the Unreached people, people and other projects that we've done uh, uh, in this conversation is uh, that sometimes and I, I have to think that when you do jingles and commercials and, and certain short films, television, if, it, if they say it's got to be 59 seconds, it has to be 59 seconds. And that was the case many times with uh, our, our projects for Unreached People. I loved working on that series and I loved working with you, Tim. It, okay. was, uh, it was a treasure, a treasure that you were available. And now... Uh, you've won awards and all of that. Thank you, thank you. It was very fun, and, and uh, I look back on those days fondly for sure. <clears throat> very, very cool. We're talking to Tim Hossman here on the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, uh, which is on about, oh gosh, 24 or 25 podcast apps and sites across the world. And it, it's all about just great conversations about film, TV, media. Uh, whether it's faith-based, faith, faith -based, whether it's secular, if, as long as we can learn from it and have fun and smile and, and scratch our heads or whatever we're going to do with it, that's absolutely tremendous. Now, T Tim is an Emmy award-winning composer, music composer. Where did you get your Emmy and how did that happen, Tim? <laughs> well, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, I, I moved to Cambria about 20 years ago which is a small coastal town, you know, just to get out of the rat race. But uh, I met a, a friend of mine. I met a guy here in town who I had worked with down in LA. Um, and he was scoring uh, the, the uh, soap opera, The Guiding Light. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he said, hey, I can use some help on this. Uh, you know, you want to do this? And it's like, well, sure, you know. And it was kind of fun because... Um, uh, that was the longest running show. We finally went off the air about four or five years after I started working. Wasn't that like 40 year show? Yeah. Yeah. It went on forever. <laughs> yeah. 
So they won twice. They won two years in a row, and I, I was only on the team the first year, but not the second year. But or no, vice versa, I guess. But uh, what was cool about that show is they would just give us uh, moods, and we didn't have to work to picture. So they'd say, you know, in in this next batch of storylines, you know, there's going to be this affair, or this person's going to get in a car accident and be in the hospital, or whatever it was. And so we'd kind of write these cues and then just give them to the music editor. And then she was, she was in New York and she would cut it to picture. So it was actually really nice. It was like a custom music library, I guess, is how you'd see cool. it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We gave them piles of music. It was a fun job. Cool. Now uh, th- this might be sort of a, a trick question. Is it easier to work with a theme and an idea when you don't have the picture or is it better to have the picture and do the music to that? Well, that's a good question. I think it depends. You know, a lot of guys, um, when you're starting a movie project, I, I think Hans Zimmer is kind of famous for this. Uh, Hans will write like a 15-minute suite without picture just to kind of get in his, in his, under his fingers and everything what the music sounds like. And then from there, he'll extract different themes and stuff to fit the picture. So he, he kind of starts okay. working without those boundaries. Okay. And John Williams does the same thing. He normally writes the, the credit roll at the end where he's not tied down to picture and then pulls from that. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think oftentimes there, it, it is uh, more fun to write without having to, having to like turn the mood in 12 seconds, you know. But at the same time, it's very inspiring to work to picture. You know, if you're watching a great dramatic performance and you're feeling all the emotions that all the characters are feeling, it's super inspiring, of course. So I think they both have their place. Okay. And each of them have a different um, a drive for you. I mean, if what I'm hearing you say is that with Guiding Light is that you could do these themes and then you could just play, you could just play around, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could, if you want, if you feel like the music was leading you into a left turn, you could just go with it for 45 seconds or, you know, there was nothing constraining you. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's real inspiration. You're not, you're not having, you're not having your hands shackled by a story point that's stopping and then the scenes ending, you know, right when you were kind of getting, getting into the vibe. Right. I'm going to ask you, Tim, about breaks because there are certain breaks along the way that uh, any artist, any, uh, any, any talent, whatever they might be, whether they're in front of the camera, behind the camera, there's a break that made the difference. Could be an actor, could be a director, could be an uh, editor. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter who it is. When you work in a creative field, the technical field, there's, there's a break. In my case, there was a break in 1993 where I got a call from somebody that was working for Discovery Channel. And they, they said, hey, we're looking for some great uh, footage and great uh, shots. And that changed my, uh, my career from faith-based to secular. And I just started getting, the more I did secular and overseas shoots, the more I got that. Okay, now for you, Tim, there must have been one or two or a few breaks that came along the way that just really launched you or turned you, tweaked you, to another direction. Uh, what 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 would have those been? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever actually thought and you know stood back and kind of looked at my little journey and <clears throat> thought too much about that. But um, yeah. you know, I uh, well, you mentioned Scott Rummel. He and I were 
friends since like junior high and we started a jingle company back when I was like, you know, back in the early eighties, he was selling radio time and selling commercials. And then he wanted to get into voiceover and uh, he and I, I used to teach him, you know, to play Michael McDonald tunes on the piano and stuff. We just were kind of music pals and stuff. And I said, Hey, let's do jingles. And so he started pitching. We put together a little demo tape that was, you know, super primitive and everything, but he was a good salesman <laughs> and he started getting us jingles and, you know, we were in LA. So it was, we were learning quick, uh, but it's incredible, you know, back at the time, in LA for, you know, for a hundred dollars an hour, you could get best guitar player in the world or one of the best, you know, singers were a little bit more money maybe because it's their, you know, their personality goes, their identifying personality goes on it. But we suddenly we were in great studios working with just unbelievable talent. And so that was a break, uh, you know, and then um, through that, uh, one of the, uh, trumpet players that I uh, hired, um, he started hiring me and he, he uh, does a lot of theme park stuff, a lot of Disney stuff. And so because we became pals and worked a lot together, uh, he started hiring me for, you know, parades and in, in park music at Tokyo Disneyland and different things. And so, you know, it all just kind of, it's funny how it just feeds on itself. I think if you're around talented people, people want to, want to uh, you know recommend their friends and, and new talent that they find and so you know it, it goes back both ways for sure you've been listening to the six ways to sunday podcast with craig d forrest brought to you by matchstick media international dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration vision and education to learn more visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org that's matchstickmedia.org Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.